It's April 2022. Welcome to another episode of Muse News, the BCMA's monthly museum sector news podcast. Each month, we recap the latest news, happenings, and announcements from museums, galleries, and heritage organizations across BC and beyond. I'm Ryan, and this is Lorenda. Join us as we explore the latest Muse News. After being destroyed by last summer's wildfires, Litton Chinese History Museum may rise from the ashes. Members of BC's Chinese community have donated $51,500 to help rebuild the museum, which, along with much of the village of Litton, was raised by the devastating wildfire that killed two people on June 20th, 2021. All that survived from the museum's 1,600 artifacts is the database. The money was raised by the Canadian Chinese Loving Volunteer Association, which posted a series of videos to social media and appealed to cultural groups based largely in the Lower Mainland. More than two dozen organizations and individuals were involved. I am awestruck by the generosity of the Chinese Canadian community, said Lorna Fandrick, the founder of the Linton Chinese History Museum in 2017. Fandrick said the funds will help to rebuild what serves as an important testament to the Chinese pioneers of the province and highlights the contributions by thousands of miners, railway workers, merchants, and farmers. The fire came after a period of intense heat in the Fraser Canyon community of 250. In the three days before the blaze, Lytton broke the all-time heat record for Canada on June 29th when the temperature reached 49.6 degrees Celsius. Thanks, Lorenda. UFV Project brings awareness to South Asian history and contributions. South Asian Canadian Legacy Project in Abbotsford launched with 1.14 million from the province of BC. A project at the University of Fraser Valley, UFV, has launched to raise awareness and knowledge of the contributions and history of South Asian Canadians. The South Asian Canadian Legacy Project through UFV's South Asian Studies Institute in Abbotsford is backed by a $1.14 million grant from the province, with support from the Abbotsford Community Foundation. It is part of the government's response to community consultations on racism and hate conducted in 2019. Quote, the South Asian Canadian Legacy Project empowers British Columbians to discover, learn, research, and share the rich and robust histories of South Asian Canadians who helped to build this beautiful province, said Dr. Setwinder Kerr Baines, director of the UFV South Asian Studies Institute. The institute includes Saffron Threads a new learning resource for BC teachers from kindergarten to grade 12 that explores South Asian Canadian history, culture, and heritage. It includes detailed activity plans, resources, and is developed in partnership with Open School BC that will help teachers bring important topics for all students into the classroom, including migration and settlement, discrimination, identity, and culture. Archives that tell the stories of South Asian migration and contributions to Canada have found a new life as part of this legacy project. Over the last few years, some Canadian museums have announced they are decolonizing some of their collections and exhibitions. One of those museums is the Royal BC Museum in Victoria, BC, which announced in late 2021 it would be closing sections of the First People's Gallery in order to work with Indigenous peoples to appropriately repatriate and conserve certain items. But what does the process of decolonization look like in action? Members of the Decolonizing the African Collections and Displays at the Museum of Anthropology project can offer some insight. For two years, members of the groups, which included students at the University of British Columbia, conducted research to create new descriptions for objects that were part of the African collections. Nuno Porto, project lead and curator for African and South American collections at MOA, 
So students researched where the objects came from and what African languages and cultures they were associated with. Porto says the aim of the project was to move away from how Western society describes the objects and bring in more knowledge from the objects' places of origin to paint a more accurate picture of how they were used. A wooden plank that was labeled as a writing tablet with scripture from the Quran written on it now has its Arabic name, La, written on its description. Porto says the new description also includes an English translation of the text and how it was used by the Nupa ethnic group in Nigeria. Porto says the students were encouraged to look at different sources of information, videos, books, museums in Africa, and talking to knowledge keepers and relatives in Africa rather than relying solely on academic resources to come up with descriptions. According to written release, there are over 5,000 objects from Africa in MOA's collection. The team behind the two-year project, the UBC African Awareness Initiative, the UBC Black Students' Union, instructor and Hogan's Alley Society co-chair Adam Rudder, and history professor David Morton was granted funding under the UBC program for undergraduate research experience in 2019. Porto says the museum was able to train and employ 32 students with a background in African studies to check the accuracy of the descriptions and update them accordingly. The students were broken up into cohorts of eight over four semesters. Porto says that even though the research part of the project has wrapped up, the museum is now working to update descriptions of the items using the information discovered by the students. The decolonizing process is always ongoing, Porto says. It's continuous. It's not something we did and it's done. On the contrary, it's something we've begun and it's never finished. Two Abbotsford art organizations receive more than $75,000 in recovery support. The REACH Gallery and Abbotsford Arts Council recently received provincial government support. The REACH Gallery Museum is receiving $60,000 between the Resiliency Supplement Funding Grants and the Arts Impact Grants. The Abbotsford Arts Council will receive $16,500 from the Resiliency Supplement Funding Grants. This money comes from more than $12.4 million in one-time funding to the BC Arts Council, which will distribute $7.9 million in resiliency supplements to over 300 organizations currently receiving operating assistance. These grants recognize the impact that the pandemic has had on organizations. Grants will range from $15,000 to $60,000. The BC Arts Council will direct the remaining $4.5 million to top up the Arts Impact Grant Program, which enables applicants to prioritize what activity or activities will provide the greatest and most meaningful impact to their organizations, practice, and communities. Mission Abbotsford NDP MLA Pam Alexis said these funds will help local artists and arts organizations organizations in Abbotsford recover from the impacts of the pandemic. Quote, the Reach Gallery and Museum and the Abbotsford Arts Council are amazing organizations that do so much to keep the culture thriving in Abbotsford, and it's great to see them getting this boost to help with recovery from the pandemic. It has a generator, three enormous water tanks, decontamination showers, and a color scheme straight out of the 1960s. Dormitories filled with bunk beds would have sheltered the mayor, firefighters, doctors, radio broadcasters, and other town folks, mostly men and almost exclusively white, who have been selected to go down into a bunker built beneath the post office of a small BC town in the event of a nuclear attack. For decades, the Cold War bunker in Nelson, BC, sat forgotten underneath an unassuming brick building on Vernon Street. But in 2013, the town's museum moved into the old city hall building right beside the bunker. Alan Ramsden, a museum board member who had been on the list to go down to the bunker in the 1960s, started talking to staff about the strange piece of history that lay right under their feet. It was a bit of a discovery, said Jean-Philippe Stien, an archivist and collections manager at Touchstone Nelson Museum of Art and History. It had sort of been forgotten about. It was a secret initially, but it had really been abandoned and used for a little bit of storage. 
After restoring the Cold War bunker, the museum opened the space to the public, and it is now open every Saturday from noon until 4 p.m. Bunkers are having a moment. Stories about newly built luxury bunkers and repurposed Cold War shelters have been popping up in the news media since 2016, when the election of Donald Trump seemed to spur an increase of interest in preparing for the worst. The swiftly advancing effects of climate change, the COVID-19 pandemic, and now the war in Ukraine, along with the renewed threat of nuclear weapons, have only heightened the anxiety around doomsday scenarios. The Cold War bunker in Nelson was one of a network of shelters created by the federal government in the 1950s and 60s in response to nuclear weapon proliferation by the Soviet Union and the United States. Canada, allied with the U.S., was right in the middle. The theory was that missiles could possibly be coming over the Arctic Circle and hitting targets in Canada, said Stian. Then, Prime Minister John Diefenbaker spearheaded the effort to prepare Canada for nuclear war. The Diefen Bunker, an underground four-story structure located in Carp, Ontario, was designed to shelter top politi politicians and government officials so the Canadian government could continue to operate safely underground for 30 days in order to assist with the governance and rebuilding of the country. Today, the Diefen Bunker is a museum. There are no Cold War bunkers in Vancouver, Montreal, or Toronto. Small towns were chosen as the location for regional shelters because large cities were considered to be main targets of a possible missile attack. In BC, Cold War bunkers were also built in Nanaimo and Kamloops. The hope was that there would not be a direct hit, although of course there would be fallout from the radiation, Stan said, but there was hope that people could survive the initial attack and maybe have more chance of getting to the bunker. On the Nanaimo Cenotaph and Nanaimo Virtual Military Museum Facebook page, a post notes that city's secret underground bunker cost approximately $2 million to build in the late 1950s and was demolished in 1999. In Kamloops, there are actually 22 naval bunkers that were constructed during the Second World War. They are now disguised amid the landscape. Tours are sometimes offered around Remembrance Day. Getting a look at an actual Cold War bunker illustrates their limitations, Stan said, and raises questions about whether it's possible to try to wait out an environmental disaster underground. In Nelson, the 70 people designated to go down to the bunker got special training, but they were expected to leave their families behind. Initially, museum staff assumed the bunker dwellers anticipated a month-long stay in the shelter, but as they did more research, they discovered the bunker was only equipped with enough food and water to last around two weeks. It depended on how things would have played out, but... It might not have been as effective as anticipated. Over to you, Ryan! Art Gallery of Greater Victoria names a new director. The Art Gallery of Greater Victoria has named Nancy Noble as its new director. The Saskatchewan-raised Noble comes to Victoria from the Art Gallery of Nova Scotia, where she has been CEO since 2016. Prior to her position at the Halifax Gallery, the largest museum in Atlantic Canada, she served as the CEO of the Museum of Vancouver for more than a decade. Noble was named director by the gallery's board on Wednesday, filling a position held previously by longtime director John Tupper. Quote, Nancy has extensive experience in the management of art galleries and other cultural institutions, and has a proven ability to lead change, says AGGV board president Chris Lawless in a statement. Quote, with plans for a new AGGV location downtown, it's a huge plus to the gallery that Nancy has experienced leading major building projects, as well as proven success in directing capital campaigns. Noble will join the gallery in its 71st year of operation this June. To stay up to date on breaking Muse news, follow our Twitter at BC Museums ASSN. And if you'd like your Muse news to be shared on this podcast, email the BCMA at bcma.museum.bc.ca. Thank you, and good night.